0: disclaimer this intro cast is about unsolved mysteries or more specifically discussing the tv show unsolved mysteries hosted by robert stack whenever possible the actual podcasters have participated in recreating these events by discussing them in great detail what you're about to hear
1: is not a news podcast
0: Welcome to Intro to Mysteries. I am co-chairman of MUFON and true experiencer, Robin. I'd like to introduce my experts on the panel. I'm joined by bounty hunter and cold case solver, Tammy. Hey! Next truth seeker and keeper of all the paranormal facts, Brad. Yo. (laughs) And our final host is true crime novelist and treasure hunter, Claire. What, what? (laughs) What? Brief introduction. Each week, we discuss these cases that are explored in the hit TV show Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by the true detective of the '80s, Robert Stack. This week, get ready to dig deep as we'll be discussing two cases each, and even you, the listener, can help us solve a mystery when we get into our update section. It could be uh,
1: you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, another week of unsolved mysteries, guys.
2: it's been too long.
0: Honestly, I can't believe uh, it's been like three seasons now. (laughs) (laughs) We made the best choice when we decided to pick what show to cover uh, for an intro cast. It's
2: just so varied. Every week is like opening a bag of pick and mix sweets. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. It's,
3: it's, you know, it's like, you know, you start off and you see those opening credits with the text on the screen that makes all the sense in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And you know you're in for a good time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so why don't we put 60 seconds on the clock and as usual, we'll be, uh, all four of us will be uh, trying to tell within 60 seconds, um, each of our segments. There's eight segments this week, two for each person. So, Brad, you want to count us in?
3: All right, guys. Uh, Robin, you'll be starting us off. And uh, let do this. Uh, remember, uh, when you finish uh, summarizing, uh, just say "pass" and we'll move on to the next person. We cannot move on until you say the word "pass." Try not to say the word "pass" in your summary. or <laughs>
2: That happened one time. Oh boy! We did that football summary. That was Look, good. Tammy. <laughs> don't do that again. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, and you go in. Three, two, deep breath, everybody. One, go!
0: Okay, this uh the first segment it's about Men in Black or at least uh Ray munitz who's uh who's who's had an encounter with the Men in Black. They they stole his videos and also this uh this girl Colette who saw a strange guy in the street and was totally thought he was uh super evil Men in Black guy pass.
4: All right, my one uh first one is Wanted with Bonnie Wilder. We're going to learn all the facts including how an enormous person can go missing in a big city pass. Cool. All right, Unknown. We got the General Wayne's in. It's filled with ghosts, but they're, they're mischievous ghosts? Robert
3: Stanton doesn't even seem to believe in this. It seems pretty wacky. All kinds of nonsense is happening. Pass.
2: Okay, Dutch Schultz treasure. Uh, Dutch Schultz uh, apparently, uh, according to gangland legend, buried a chest of treasure, and it might still be in New York, but no one knows if it's still there or not. Pass. Okay,
0: we take a trip into the unknown with the Canadian UFO story. Apparently UFOs don't just come to the US. They go to Canada as well. Uh, this lady saw a UFO and a bunch of flames outside her window. What is going on? Uh, And there is apparently some sort of uh, secret hero called the Guardian who is uh, keeping track of all these uh, things and releasing them and putting his fingerprint on it. Nobody can identify him. Pass.
4: All right. So we also get this very episode, the 200th Solve Mystery, guys. (laughs) Exciting. Let's find out what special reunion has uh, taken and stolen my heart. Pass. All right. Lost loves Uh, Tim Molnir.
3: uh, He he was 19 years old. He disappeared off the face of the planet. They found his car in Atlanta. He was from Florida. Um, The big thing is, a few days after he went missing he became an heir to uh, an estate worth over $50,000. Um, and uh, that's so the mystery.
0: A Pass.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, so the last <laughs> one is the tale of the creepy arsonist. Uh, there's a, there was a videotape found by the side of the road and on the videotape was a guy commenting on the, the house he just set on fire to someone called Omar. Will we find out who Omar is? <laughs> who knows? The end. <laughs> one minute fifty nine <laughs> with five seconds yay oh. like, we're we
4: getting there guys
2: we almost got going rem- do you remember the pilot where it took us like eight minutes I mean we're yeah, getting no, there true.
0: yeah that's true season, season
2: five we'll be there it's fine there were some
0: amazing cases <laughs>
2: I will say this right,
3: week right, I forgot true. I thought for a second that I had the last one
0: <laughs> I <was about laughs> <stop> the timer <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's get started. Uh, first, uh, we'll we we'll take a little trip into the unknown with the segment called Men in Black. Um, nope, it's not a uh, Men in Black uh, fun story with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. No, these are some scary-looking observer types. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first off, uh, Robert Stack introducing this segment in a hotel lobby, and uh, the maitre d' behind him is out of focus and really scares me. And I he's a man in a- black. He's a, a man in black. Yeah, black I thought it text. was a security
4: guard that was, like, accidentally in the shot, and they just told that person, like, don't move. Don't <laughs> move. You're going to screw the shot up. <laughs> they just hey, made de- him back there.
0: De- Demetri D's work in hotels. <laughs> Never mind.
1: Uh,
0: we go to the uh, auto tinting shop of Ray Muniz in Austin, Texas. Um, wow, Ray is going to win for fashion this week. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After all the fashion talk uh, these past few weeks, I have really uh, paid attention to Ray. He was wearing a, uh, a blue and white checkered shirt, sleeves <laughs> torn right off. And uh, a red baseball cap with no logo, but that's not the best outfit he wears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it uh, we,
0: we get a quick look at his nine-year-old school school it's photo.
2: The, it's and the most terrifying nine-year-old I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> These eyes right.
0: are his eyes are staring into my soul. Uh, <laughs> yes.
2: yes, they are. It I actually let great. out a small scream. <laughs>
0: Ray has had five separate encounters with UFOs, and because of that, he's now a local celeb. Uh,
4: well, because of that and his uh, his local TV show. <laughs>
3: yeah. Project UFO.
0: Uh, Ray's World, where he hosts in <laughs> with his friend Guard. Uh, <laughs> What is
1: that? Like? Excellent. Excellent.
0: <laughs> Since the movie was probably coming around, out around the same time this episode aired, uh, we'll let that pass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no poly shore quotes. Uh <laughs> All right, so, yeah, to illustrate that he's a local celeb, we actually see another photo. We see that Ray actually cleans up pretty okay. Uh, he's wearing a white dress shirt with big black stripes and a tie, and he's got his mullet close-cropped, and he's standing next to an exotic-looking sports car <laughs> that may or may not be his. Definitely
4: yeah, uh, not his. I, yeah, I just like the idea yeah. of walking down the street, seeing this car, and be like, oh, guys, guys, get your camera, get your camera. <laughs> I gotta take a picture <laughs> next to this car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and while he's hosting he's wearing uh he's wearing a white baseball cap with no logo so
3: what's his
2: friend's allowed here with, was what his friend
3: with the striped shirt and like the <laughs> thing around his neck i don't even know what's
2: happening and he's on the phone on the, is it is that
4: what yeah. he's on the, yeah. i think so is it's it a calling calls. show oh so uh, awesome. yeah local
3: access calling ufo show nice
4: mm. nice we need to get a clip of that
0: mm. <laughs> project ufo Um and uh, this is this reenactment. Ray is actually playing himself, um, which I always love. I always love to see. Yeah,
2: I love uh, it when it's the actual person. Yeah, yeah. This
3: is what's great about this show because there's that show that's on now. It's like um
4: uh, like true stories of like uh, oh, there's all kinds. There's a whole um investigation discovery channel which has every murder show possible either oh neighbors killing neighbors yeah, yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> but i was really um, it's like like it's a hospital show it's like oh.
3: true stories from the er or something oh. but it's always got like the people playing themselves in reenactments oh my god and like i feel like first of all i i love it because it's awkward as hell but <laughs> um and that's my appeal but also i feel like it's got to be bad for them because they're not actors and i know they're not getting a lot of takes but i feel yeah. still feel like they're not going to hit their marks right it's going to be hard for the director
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um and also you know they just want to like they're going to try to make themselves look good yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah the next uh, well basically he was sent uh, a videotape uh, this videotape had blurry lights that are apparently a ufo um they could be just you know uh out of focus camera looking at like an airport
2: <laughs> who knows <laughs> it could be anything
0: <laughs> could be anything
2: um, it could next... be someone drunkenly out of focusly filming their Christmas tree I mean anything yeah. seriously <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but this tape gets him in trouble guys uh, the next day he's visited by the men in black there's <laughs> about five of them there's uh, so, like, two flake yeah. in
2: each side yeah one thing I've commented on before when we've done previous episodes you know when it's mentioned the men in black I still don't get is if they're like a secret government agency why don't they wear something less conspicuous because they really stand out. There's five of them. They look like an army of Blues Brothers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the lead guy gives him a uh, summons from the IRS. And uh, we also see... Just, let's take a moment and look at what the co-worker is wearing. Uh, yeah.
3: yeah. He's wearing shorts, by the way. Not allowed. <laughs> um, but yeah, the co-worker is wearing this... It's a. And again, we're going to be seeing a lot of polo shirts today. Um... <laughs> But it's like half of it's like green and half of it's like uh, pink, and then it's an orange sleeve. It's it's all the colors. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, <laughs> yeah. Keep keep this outfit in mind for later, guys, because there's another half and half outfit that comes up in a later story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so Ray looks at this letter, and uh, you know he's like, "All right." Um, and then he looks bu- looks up, and the men have disappeared. And he looks <gasps> around the building, and oh my gosh, they're gone. Like there's yeah, nowhere they, they could have walked to. They're just gone.
3: I also love when they're like, it's a le- it, he's like, this is from the IRS? And they laugh like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like they're roping bullies.
0: There's not a lot of laughs that the men in black can get on their, their <laughs> job. <laughs> they get them in when they can. So Ray goes to the building with all his tax stuff. He's got a <laughs> box of paperwork. <laughs> and l- the guy there says, thank you, you can leave now. Uh, <laughs> and so he comes home and his videotape collection was ransacked. But guess what? (laughs) Ray still has the tape.
3: Alright. right, sneaky Ray. (laughs) Talk about man's credibility for a second. First of all, he's a guy that says he's seen UFOs for years. Yeah, he hosts a UFO TV show, and that's how he gets sent this tape. Yeah, is it
0: possible that he's lying?
3: (laughs) Because
0: Brad, there's no reason to believe this man. Uh, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know why they would profile this guy if he wasn't telling the truth.
1: <laughs>
0: like,
4: there's no one to
3: back him up at all. Not even his friend <laughs> come on the show like, yeah, I was there and it happened.
4: <laughs> That's true. We, they didn't talk to we, the co-worker at all.
0: Yeah. Nope. We do get a talking head from John Rhodes, who is a researcher slash lecturer. Uh, he says that he believes that the men in black have a job to silence any talk of UFO phenomenon.
3: No, he. I'm sorry. He
0: says there's two things it could be oh yeah oh i was gonna continue oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah i just wanted I, I wrote it down and he's like they have there there's not human men in black that have paused for thought <laughs> taking it upon themselves the job that the human men in black do <laughs> Like, he was actually thinking this out as he was saying it. I really was impressed with <laughs> Yeah. How, how smart this but guy in seems. Put that jigsaw
2: together in his brain.
0: <laughs> so it's either human
3: intelligence that's out to silence people, mm-hmm. or aliens that are out to silence people. But guess what?
0: These things are real, and they're definitely silencing and people. And they
4: like to wear black mm-hmm. and go dressed up
0: in a male suit. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And then we meet Colette
2: Peters. (laughs) Oh, Colette.
0: Colette, um, highly accomplished figure skater. uh, (laughs) She's had two UFO experiences and one encounter with a man in black.
2: And her, I'm sorry, her exact words are, I was, what did she say? I was 19 or 20. Wouldn't you remember? (laughs) You saw a man in black who you said emanated evil, but you can't remember how old you were?
3: But before they even, like, introduced the fact, like, the first time we see, her talk, she's like, yeah. it was, I was
0: felt very threatened. I, I, I felt like I was in danger. <laughs> okay, she says
1: she was walking
0: down the street and suddenly had a bizarre feeling. She felt pure evil and there's this man that walked past her that looked just like how people describe men in black. Also, he had a plastic looking face, no lines, and she felt frightened and harassed. <laughs>
1: he didn't didn't say
0: anything to her but she could tell because of the sinister evil nature that generated
2: plastic face
0: this this girl (laughs) got onto unsolved mysteries (laughs) because she walked by somebody on the street yeah yeah that was it that was her experience <laughs> even the reenactment is like
4: <laughs> ridiculous
0: it's <laughs> he a guy and they try to make him look creepy but he just walks right by her and she's like oh that's weird yeah <laughs> and they zoom in on her face it's oh god so good that was the oh, highlight of the episode one of the highlights um So we got
3: to see. Is that even her in the reenactment? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. So, like, she wasn't even willing
0: to film the part where she just walked around. Well,
4: she was at the time 19 or 20, and obviously, right now, she is not 19 or 20.
0: She's still figure skating, though. Oh, yeah. Good for her. Um, <laughs> we go to Stephen Greer, who is the director of the Center for Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And he says, oh, men in black are human. Uh, they're definitely human, but, but they're using reverse engineered alien tech to make us look away from alien phenomena.
2: Of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and, th- and
0: then we're then we're wrapping up <laughs> wrapping up the story. We get a brief thing from Ray's like, hey, listen, I'm not making this stuff up. Why would I put my life in danger for a lie? <laughs>
3: well when was your life in danger? <laughs>
1: some guys
3: yeah, according to your story, some guys tricked you when going to the IRS office and then they, they look through your videotapes. And they didn't find it. Which I love like because I, I like I feel I really feel like you know, there's some people that like they misinterpret things like this woman walking down the street and yeah. they actually think they've seen things but i really believe Ray's just making this shut up <laughs> uh, yeah so like the fact that he added the detail that he still got the tape like he's got to be yeah. the he's got to be the winner <laughs> of his own
4: story yeah
0: right Colette checks in at the end and she says she had a real physical reaction not just an emotional one because the man made the hairs on the back of her neck stand up it's an emotional reaction <laughs>
4: no I really would like if he stood behind her and like waved his arm like his hand over the back of her neck and then hairs just started standing up like a magic trick <laughs> yeah.
0: and uh, uh Robert Stack is, is he a mister we call him a mister a professor a doctor uh he's um I'm not sure what... I mean, he he needs a title, I think. Hero Hero Robert Stack. (laughs) Sir Stack. It says (laughs) uh, that Unsolved Mysteries actually tried contacting the Air Force and the Department of Defense. (laughs) The Air Force denied it, and the Department of Defense said, "Uh, we never heard of Men in Black. Why don't you ask the Air Force? (laughs) So that's evidence that there is a big cover-up going on. (laughs) Obviously. Tammy, go ahead.
4: (laughs) Well, uh, well, that was an amazing story. Absolutely. Do Thank you. Do we have you. any uh, follow-up to that? Is there any other... Has uh, <laughs> uh come out and speak, spoke up about any more men in black?
1: <laughs>
0: no, actually, I haven't heard anything much about I mean, I didn't really... I actually wasn't interested, so...
2: You guys got anything? <laughs>
0: I got nothing (laughs) Update uh, zero
2: I did some research, but I couldn't find anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hear Jesse Ventura is a man man in black
2: Guys, as always, I would highly recommend
3: unsolvedmysteries.wikia.com to uh,
0: to look up all your Unsolved Mysteries facts
4: (laughs) So, um, my story, guys is called Wanted (laughs) <laughs> We're going to learn about a little someone named Bonnie Wilder. Oh. I don't know if I can call her Little, but <laughs> they definitely
0: How not call you? her Little in
4: the story. So I'm um, taking you back to Atlanta, Georgia in 1986. Uh... Now, just so you guys know, the air date of this was 89, so this is only three years difference. Mm -hmm. And I say that because Mm -hmm. everybody they interviewed, except for the PI, was the former employee of this company. So (laughs) nobody had their jobs anymore after the story.
2: I don't think that story even exists after this, because they deserve to go... <laughs> for business so, to go down after this
4: so if we find out that there's a brand new department store uh, opening and Bonnie as we later learn what her her name is uh, in the story uh, responds to an ad for a bookkeeper we first meet Lisa Pence who is a former personnel manager she's HR she's the one doing the interviewing um,
0: looks I, a lot like Anna Gasteyer from SNL
4: yes yes <laughs> there's Ooh, she um, does
0: but with a lazy eye yeah,
4: yeah and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they're in a not so great part of Atlanta because she says there would be days if they got the, <laughs> that if I got somebody responding to the ad that isn't on drugs, I would be delighted. <laughs>
3: I mean, we would take anyone.
2: And I mean, yeah.
4: Because,
3: Sounds like our
2: feedback section. <laughs> Obviously, you know, this is pre-Olympics Atlanta. You know, it's exactly. a different place, different yeah. time. So. Mm.
4: And, and she basically says that they hired Bonnie as a bookkeeper because they had nobody else. Um, so, <laughs> and everything about her was unusual. She was a. Lisa makes it clear she was a very large woman. <laughs> Alright.
0: how you really feel, Lisa. Right now. <laughs>
3: This whole segment, <laughs> they do not miss an opportunity to point out how large she is. No. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing. They make her wear a muumuu.
1: I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> This is my favorite song ever.
4: <sighs> um, in the interview, we get to meet the character of Bonnie who says, It's a new store. We can build it together. She's really <laughs> selling herself in that interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the actress that plays Bonnie it's amazing uh, she is incredible best actress. Yeah, she needs script. to be in she's every amazing. unsolved mystery <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we get to meet
0: i mean if it called for like an enormous person yeah
4: Exactly. <laughs> then we get to meet arthur aaron who is the former store manager <laughs> um he's got quite the mustache he, re- he he's straight up in the family <laughs> staff yeah he is he is yeah he's like papa stash he mm. is um he
0: says something like tilted off the one side
4: <laughs> it was kind of, i couldn't tell if that or the camera was a little tilted and the, it, had the most bags under his eyes though yeah. he hadn't slept a uh-huh. wink since this thing happened no i'm sure Oh. Um he says Bonnie Pretty was em- a yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bonnie was a model employee. She was good at her job. Even showed concern for the store and employees. Which we find out later because she changed. She was only there six yes. weeks, guys. So the story took place for six weeks. She got a whole thing changed. Like they used to check everyone's bags before they left the store.
2: <laughs> she got that changed for the In retail. I've yeah, exactly. In for years, it's standard. You have yeah, to do that. she she got a change for um <laughs> for employee
4: morale. Uh, and <laughs> the managers just changed it. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Apparently, she yep. single-handedly held the accounting department together. She's even training. We see her training the cashiers how to work the machines. <laughs> She's the bookkeeper guy. <laughs> She's supposed to just do accounting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, we also get to meet Thelma Nolan, who's <laughs> a former sales associate. Oh, Thelma. <laughs> I love her. Thelma tells us that um, when she met Bonnie, she really thought maybe she should have been a... She She saw her and thought maybe she would drive a school bus or work in a school lunchroom. <laughs> <laughs> she was really surprised at her being the bookkeeper. Sure. I mean, you see this woman, and I think to myself, Now,
3: now what's a big old fat tub of lard like <laughs> <for> her? Fat figures.
1: yeah
4: <laughs> I, uh, one of them said she was friends with her co-workers but was reluctant to talk about herself so that's why a lot of people didn't know they knew uh, enough that she had uh, she was in Florida at one point in time and she had a son um, and a husband that's still living with her also can we talk they, they about? they
2: also, refer, sorry, they refer to that they keep referring to it as her eccentricities and it's like, well, maybe she's just private like, they yeah. keep going oh, she's so eccentric and it's like I know,
0: they kept saying she was so eccentric and they wouldn't actually no, point out was. anything I... eccentric yeah. Except that she just wasn't talking.
3: This little scene when they're like in the cafeteria and they're talking about like you know not opening up to her. I just like the 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 direction and the acting cuz they, they get on on her face and she gives this like swat <laughs> like yeah
4: where she, yeah. she darts her eyes yeah. back and forth. I love it. <laughs> oh, so I made good. sure to
0: screen cap that for the banner. <laughs> uh, both, uh, we may be talking about that more in a little bit.
4: Yeah, she um I guess people apparently thought she was part of the management team even though she had only been there 6 weeks. Because she acted like it, she came down and asked all the employees one night to bring up all their cash, and she would go ahead and replenish their drawers by the next morning. Then we see her put everything (laughs) in a vault, and as they're all walking out together with the security guard, she says, Oh, I forgot my purse, guys. Hold on. She goes up to the vault, takes all the money out, leaves the vault open, (laughs) and... Takes off in a taxi cab. And I she's love got the, the little scene. Oh yeah,
0: the club yeah, goes in. The biggest her, handbag. Like walking from. out quickly and yeah. getting into the taxi and yep. zooming off. Also the fact that she literally tells each person as if it's a real robbery, put all your cash in his bag. Yep.
4: <laughs> um, then we get to meet private investigator Vicky Bosma. Oh her the
0: hair. Yeah. 80s Veronica oh, yeah. Mars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she starts looking into um, Bonnie's uh, what's it called her uh, resume, uh, application. Ra- yeah. Thank you, application. And she said there's like basically nothing there. Like she put down branches <laughs> of federal government, but not enough info to find out about her. Um, they looked up the school that wasn't even there anymore. Just,
1: <laughs> just like, See, at
2: Lisa... this point, can we agree that this department store deserved to get robbed because mm-hmm. yeah,
4: Lisa Penn's they was the idiots. worst at her job? Yeah. is what <sighs> happened. Um, I'll- I'll give you guys some updates on that in a little bit after we finish going through the story. Um, she apparently, uh, Bonnie let somebody take a picture of her in the lunchroom. (laughs) I don't think she let her, I think it was- it looked like a very, like, Mm -hmm. candid shot, so. Um, but- (laughs) but the police had that. They go to the house where they find a Bonnie Wilder lives, and it's- (laughs) <laughs> and it's a very, very thin, thin woman. And the police and... are looking at the picture and looking at the lady. and Go, have you lost a lot of weight?
2: Not <laughs> 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 only is that—it's my no. favorite line in any unsolved <laughs> mystery ever. No. Oh, it was—it um, was beautiful. The, the actress they got to play this
3: woman looks emaciated, like. She looks
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even Vicky okay. says, uh, the private eye says, there's no way she could have lost that much weight in that amount of time, to- in about a week's amount of time. About a week, yeah. Um, we find out Bonnie has hit stores in Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, and three other stores in Georgia. She also stole Lisa Pence's personnel file, so she might be using Lisa Penn's name. Um... <laughs> And I like that Lisa goes, probably that lady's using my info and my schooling and my background.
0: <laughs> oh, such the victim, Lisa, you dumb twit.
4: And then they show <laughs> us, and they show us Bonnie applying for another position. We're gonna use yeah. using Lisa's name. Yeah. And I look forward to working with your organization. So Monday, 8 a.m., right? <laughs> <laughs> <So good. Why? laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish Bonnie had a little twirling Boy. mustache. It was great. <laughs> uh, I know. And so Vicky uh, said, you know, she was kind of, she almost sounded impressed about how cleanly, uh, <laughs> and, like, she got up through everything. And then it's, we amazing did, she, it's amazing she was able to cleanly clear that hurdle of
3: hers. Yeah. I never thought
4: I would see a woman like her get quite so cleanly through. Yeah. Uh, Vicky wasn't the issue, because then we heard Lisa oh, yeah. again. Lisa said, she must be 300 pounds. You know someone like that doesn't just get lost in the crowd, even in a big city. <laughs> Uh, this and is, this big is a big you st- city <laughs> you How do you get lost in, in a crowd, crowd when, when you're, you're enormous, enormous...
3: <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah, <sorry>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh it's so good <sighs> so,
4: y'all, Hey y'all listen, listen
3: Um, here's what you do Here, we, We'll have a sting operation Here's what's <laughs> gonna happen Alright police officers you just go outside And when you feel the gravitational pull <laughs> Of this giant fat ass Then you found the criminal Cause she's very very fat
4: she's 300 pounds how does she get lost
0: yeah it's i just say you put like a big box with it on a stick and then you put like <laughs> a bag of doritos under it you just wait she'll show up if she can fit in the box you can see her from
4: space how can she hide <laughs> yeah this story guys um was amazing um I am. I'm so glad that I got chosen. Uh, like I chose this episode. Like you know, I know we just choose them by name. I was. It was. I was overjoyed when I got this
2: episode and watched it. Um, I have to say, Tammy, I okay. uh, I had my passport stolen a few years ago, and I like to imagine that somewhere out there, Bonnie Wilder is using my passport and my identity. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Build together. <laughs> oh my
4: god. So on the episode itself, they said she had stolen half a million dollars. Um, I. Just you have some updates? Updates! <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, there are quite a lot of updates on Bonnie. Um, <laughs> If you guys don't know, this is apparently a fan favorite <laughs> <laughs> Some of the info was the store the store's name was called Coho's and apparently Bonnie was not the only one stealing. I guess they really had a lot of drug addicts working there and a lot of theft and it closed within a couple years. Um, Lisa Pence also apparently had been... <laughs> fired after this debacle. Wow! <laughs> she Which is been. why she was so... I I think why she was so pissed to even do this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Amazing. There, the... Uh, on this, like, thread I found about it, the... Uh, Vicky Bosma, the, yes. the P.I., actually joined on the thread and kind of discussed the case as much as she could.
3: Guys, um, sorry, just, just to elaborate yeah. further on that.
4: The... Uh, the un- this forum
3: dedicated to unsolved mysteries is amazing. It's just the best. There's 17 <laughs> pages about Bonnie Wilder,
4: and, yeah. and <laughs> okay, not only too. that, but like people are still trying to investigate this lady, which we'll get to. There's <laughs> so some of the stuff that that um. Vicky said, she said she never had the pleasure of meeting Bonnie. Bonnie had been arrested at one point in time in 2003, but for these crimes, she was never po- prosecuted, which kind of makes sense. Um, I work for a rather large company, and we have had money stolen, and we don't typically prosecute, because the insurance pays back that yeah. money, so we might sue them on a person personnel level, but we wouldn't actually go through and prosecute them, because it costs too much money to do that. Um, one of the things she did say is that one of the places she wrote I think was a Walmart for like half a million dollars or something crazy like that. So she was up to like a million bucks uh, of stolen money. The employee stated that she would not take a bath, and so no one wanted to be around her. Uh, they told me she always kept peanuts in the drawer and was always eating them. She might have had a Hispanic male accomplice, but no one found him either. She has numerous judgments in the state of Florida, and, and let's see she i guess the case continued on three years after it aired or at least Vicky continued working on it three years after it aired so vicky's very intimate with this case even though she never got to meet bonnie (laughs) um she says if she feels that if she had done the crime today she would have been caught but obviously back then i mean this was like pre-internet catfish this was like real life catfish uh situation yeah uh, which I love so much. Uh, <laughs> and she said, had the others, to, uh, oh, she says, the thing that amazed me the most about the entire case was the lack of respect for the Southerners. Least depends acted like everyone in the South was either too dumb to commit a crime or it was not necessary because she screened them. I don't think she liked me very much because I ended up exposing her sloppy hiring practices. There was a yeah. group of about 30 Nigerians that applied for credit cards with a $5,000 plus credit line. <laughs> limit. Of course, they immediately charged the cards up to the limit and never paid for any of the purchases. I would love to have a conversation with Bonnie, her real name, Dora Mae Peterman, and ask just about how many businesses did she actually rip off. I'm sure that some that I never knew about. My final update on this one, guys, is that apparently this group of people found um, Bonnie on Facebook, right? So you are her Dora (laughs) Mae on Facebook. Somebody too March 30th 2014 sent her a Facebook (laughs) message telling her that she loved her and she was her favorite Unsolved mystery segment. Um, she says, I'd be surprised if she responds, but honestly, I do want to hear from her, even if it's just a hello. Thanks for messaging me. Response: <laughs> Bonnie Wilder is the best ever. I seriously love that woman. As a kid, <clears throat> I thought she was innovative and cool, but as an adult, <laughs> I loved her even more because cross-eyed Lisa Pence and all those other people sort of dissed her. <laughs> seriously, you douches are dissing Bonnie? She just ran off with a ton of cash and y'all got fired because of it. So now you want to take fat cracks or make lunch lady jokes go Bonnie Want to talk fat? Bonnie got a fat purse full of money, and now Lisa Pence is probably a lunch baby, lunch lady. So um, now the other people on the thread just uh, <laughs> basically told the Lady, um, that's not very smart of you to <laughs> to reach out to a known criminal <laughs> and let her know you like her because she's she's into stealing people's identity. So <laughs> we
3: do have yeah. to point out on this forum. <clears throat> oh yeah, one of the uh, um, yes. <laughs> one of the senior members here. Their avatar is that uh, side looking uh body yeah. wilder and the quote and her quote is we can yes. build it together <laughs>
0: <laughs> they i i also found that form and they also had the facebook uh, page for lisa pens as yes, well who
2: is a so crazy lisa conservative. of course she is. <laughs> yeah
0: so uh, friend, uh, friend
4: I, up. I really wanted Bonnie and Lisa to be friends on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I love the uh, way well, they, oh, they posted the uh, the Facebook link yeah. for Bonnie. Um
3: No, that can't be her. That woman is like three hundred pounds. You don't just make a Facebook page when you're three hundred pounds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, uh, that oh. is my my first uh, segment today.
0: Oh,
2: amazing!
0: <laughs> just, just a, it
4: really just a is story. heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Brad? <laughs> Guys, next up we're going to be going to the General Lane's End uh, just outside of uh, Philadelphia. In Marion, Pennsylvania. So this starts off in Robert Sack introduces as usual. Hey, there's these, there's some uh, spooky happenings. But he even seems to be <laughs> laughing at the story. Yeah, he talks, <laughs> he's yeah. in no way taking this serious. Like, uh, there's there's some ghosts and these seem to be causing some mischief. <laughs> oh, love it. this uh, old hotel. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, Edgar Allan Poe wrote part of The Raven there. Uh, Washington slept there. A bunch of people have been in there. There just seems to be some spooky things happening. <laughs> oh, how spooky! Super Brad? spooky, <laughs> guys. Uh, we, got, we got some. We got some ghosts. We meet Martin Johnson, who's uh, running the hotel and is the uh, VP of the Historical Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mm-hmm. guy is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yes. He is. <laughs> I, like he, I, he reminds me of somebody, and I cannot figure out who it is. Um but quite hilarious. And he's like, well, I don't believe in ghosts or anything, but, but there's some wacky things that happen here. And he starts telling these stories. Uh, apparently, they've, they've had adding machine problems, uh, which adding machines used to be a thing, by the way. Um, TV problems and directly related <laughs> to, to the ghosts. <laughs> because course, that's something you course. can tell. He tells this story about they had like a valet whom for some reason their valet is dressed as a prison inmate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
4: was like why is that kid wearing a jail
3: jumper? Yeah. He's walking by a car and the lights come on and the windshield wipers start going. And,
2: <laughs> and he freaks out. <laughs> he freaks out and runs inside. My and he car goes up. full on Christine. It's amazing. Yeah.
3: And John's is like oh, ah, uh, Ah, don't worry about it. That sort of thing just happens here. That's uh, just the ghost. This. this is another story where the guy that's saying that there's a thing is directly <laughs> benefiting from there being a thing. <laughs> Not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, hmm. He then tells this story, and this is probably the best, of, like, sometimes, you know, he'll just be sitting in a bar, and, oh, you'll see it start <laughs> off at one <laughs> end. Uh, apparently, like, the ghosts are blowing on the back <laughs> of ladies' necks.
2: Only the ladies.
3: <laughs> Only the ladies. And... And you just, just, the scene is like, he, these women are like, what, what? what's
4: going, did you do that? And
3: these, all these guys are like, huh, what?
4: <laughs> and you see them go all the way down the yeah. bar. <laughs>
3: and that's hilarious. But yeah. the best but part, the best bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best bit is our boy Martin Johnson is just like looking like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just creeping out watching this happen. Like guys are getting slapped. People are like, get your hands off of me. Who do you think you are?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just laughing
0: yeah. knowingly. I love
3: it. I love it. And there's some straight-up fashions happening. Um, what's this woman in the white suit?
1: <laughs> yeah. Talking
3: to Reagan over here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all the time, our boy Johnson's just standing there with his arms crossed, laughing it up. Laughing it up. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Um... Uh, we, we get we get about we hear about this uh, one guy that uh, he was working in the kitchen and this guy's my favorite. By. This
2: guy, this guy's my favorite.
3: And he 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 saw a head, but he didn't realize it at the time. He walked out of the room, and was like, yeah. "Wait, I just saw a head!" And he came back in, and looked for and a head split goes.
2: second. He saw it for a split second, but he knows. But he knows. That head looked like it was. It it, it, (laughs) looked like
4: his mouth. He was shocked. Yeah. He was was shocked that he was a head on a drawer. (laughs) It it looked like
3: Hercule Perot (laughs) meets Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, I, I just it, like. Uh, first of all, if you thought you saw a severed head, <laughs> and you walked by, and then you think you saw a severed, you didn't see a severed head. No, the yeah.
0: mind's tricky. Um, yeah,
3: you don't. I don't yeah. know what you didn't see. A head.
0: <laughs> Probably ran into a man in black as he was walking out of
3: there. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then this other woman talks about how she came and one day she saw a man standing on the staircase, and he was wearing a green uh, military uniform. And they bring in a local historian and are like, oh, well, that's clearly the costume of, of a Hessian soldier that would have been stationed around here 200 years ago.
0: Oh boy, they fire at that smoke machine though, for the enactment. It's
3: creepy as shit. I, I, it's just, it's so wacky. And then the guy's like, oh. And then they're like, oh, but this wasn't the first time a Hessian had been seen here. And they go back, and it's apparently way back then there was a, a report that they were having like an election, and this woman reported seeing a soldier in an old time costume that was green. Um, <laughs>
1: ugh,
3: it's so fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> what? Wait a second.
1: Believe <laughs> in this?
3: Uh, it, it, at some point, somebody says, uh, the ghosts check in, but they don't check out. Um, did catch you that it's the Hotel from. California. Yeah. Um, they bring in, like, some fake-ass uh,
1: uh,
3: parapsychologist, which isn't a thing. Um, She's going to use scientific <laughs> methods. She's going to use... She's not going to just go crazy and have you a psychic...
2: You can't just
4: believe everything. No,
2: you got to be skeptical. And by being Look, skeptical... Like this, she uh, says she's... Yeah, she's not going to believe it without any evidence. None of this is evidence. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, Shadow has been tested.
3: Claire, Claire. Now, if you were just somebody that just just believed this, you know, didn't think it through, and didn't use a scientific method, (laughs) you would probably just hire a psychic to wander around and figure out what's going on. Well, she's going to do the scientific (laughs) thing and first make a graph. (laughs) (laughs) Then she's going to have a psychic come in and use instruments (laughs) that aren't designed for catching ghosts. Um, And then have, like, um, skeptics also walk around. Yeah. We never heard about the findings of the skeptics, no. by the way. Just the psychic woman.
0: No. Of course. Who talks a lot of snakes. With. Yeah, it was statistical analysis. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh, I just didn't understand that. I was hoping you would oh, be able to explain it. Oh, it's such bullshit.
3: Because basically what they've done is they've gridded out the hotel, and they're going to go around, and they're going to let the psychic just wander around without get- telling her anything, even though they are following her. So, sure. I mean, yeah. if you really want to... Like, this is these are terrible scientific controls, because also, if this woman is doing cold reading and you know is good enough at her game she's gonna be able mm. to read you exactly and read if you're like looking around to see is she noticing something here in the creepy spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, like people like that report these things are usually reporting them in like, you know, creepy spots, like the cellar and stuff yeah. like that. So that so this is already like very flawed methodology, despite the fact that she's in front of a psychic <laughs> which is over the top. But then this woman just goes around and talks a lot of nonsense. It's an old building. She's talking about a soldier being scared. We didn't hear anyone about no scold soldier being scared before. We just heard about a soldier, so... Yeah. And it's not even in the same place. It's, like, in another room. It's
2: near the staircase. So I... Soldier likes to wander. He gets bored in one place.
4: He gets so scared, he has to run to another room.
3: It's such Aww. bullshit. This is, <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, I would love to hear about the rest of her measures she used to scientifically find out if there were ghosts or not. Um, but we're... Um, <laughs> So we're going we go back and we check in with our with our boy Martin Johnson, who tells us about a time when they a bunch of the a bunch of the regulars and the locals came down to the bar in the hotel and they were gonna watch a news broadcast about the hotel, which sounds fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we love those hotel. Let's
3: go to the hotel and watch TV about the hotel. <laughs> they are huge hotel enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> um and they're watching it and the screen starts to turn. Like the image starts to uh, go <laughs> <you know>, 360 <laughs> degrees spinning. And the best part is all the oh, people it's acting so reenactment just start turning their heads like, what?
2: <laughs> <Yes>. oh. <laughs> so good.
0: And it's funny, they just keep uh, turning yeah. their head. Like <laughs> He also I he also know. brings out an envelope <laughs> to
3: show you what it looks like to turn something. Yes. Yes. Great <laughs> right, mutual aid there, buddy. I love them. Thanks for like, that. I, I like I, I I am impressed with this guy's hustle because he's really he's selling his ghost story hotel because clearly that's gonna yeah. bring people in, um and I love him for and he's ridiculous and wacky, um in the end he says uh, I don't believe in ghosts but I know they're here. <laughs> well done. So that's our mischievous ghost at the General Wayne's Inn. Nice. Super nice.
2: creepy. Wow. Love it. <laughs> Super creepy. Okay, so next we have the story of Dutch Schultz's treasure. Woo-hoo-hoo. We go back to a cool, moonless night 60 years ago, and there are two figures who are digging a hole. Well, one of them's digging a hole, the other one's standing there smoking. Uh, <laughs> along the bank of Sofas Creek, which is about 100 miles. Dutch doesn't yeah. shop. By the way, that's 100 60 years ago north. in
0: the 80s.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100 miles north of New York City, and the guy who's digging is Bernard Lulu Rosencrantz. What <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Lulu <laughs> Rosencrantz?
4: The names in this story are, his, are amazing. <laughs> oh, so yeah. They are.
2: And his boss is Dutch Schultz, the famous gangster. And apparently, according to gangster legend, which I love as a thing, um, <laughs> Dutch Schultz uh, buried a, a big uh, box of cash, bonds, gold, and diamonds, uh, yeah. did and did it's worth say... about fifty million dollars. Did they also say one thousand dollar bills? Yes. Later, did... they said one thousand dollar bills. Okay, just check. Yeah, you know, I mean, that'd be so easy to spend. You go into a shop and go, can I pay for that with my $1,000 bill? No, you can't. Um, And then we cut to uh, uh, our, you know, Lord and Master, Robert Stack, who seems to be standing in a forest from Middle-earth because everything's pink and yellow and blue. Uh, So I don't know what's going on here. He's in Middle-earth something. Um, And he basically tells us uh, all about the Roaring Twenties. We see... Yeah. yeah yeah lots of stock footage of prohibition it. there's a bit my favorite bit is when there's two people making bootleg liquor and they're both wearing lone ranger masks so it looks like the lone ranger <laughs> 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 i yeah. like it We're when hitler's there. mixing <laughs> drinks apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good uh, well, you know, we I hear like about dancing, so all those flappers are amazing <laughs> <laughs> so much dancing there was so much oh i love it we hear about the uh those twenties really did yeah. roar. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what that's what he tells us. Um, we hear about some of the most famous gangsters of the time. So we have Lucky Luciano, Al Capone, Dutch Schultz, and my favourite, Legs Diamond. I love that name. <laughs> um, then we hear a bit about Dutch Schultz. He was born Arthur Flagenheimer in 1902, and he took his name. He took his name from a previous ganglord, which I really wanted to hear about, but we didn't hear anything about it. So I was like, oh, okay. Um and. He was a bootlegger. he owned speakeasies, and then he got into narcotics, (gasps) because plaguing is a gateway drug, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen! (laughs) Um, And then we hear our first talking head, which is from Jack French, former FBI, and he says that Dutch Schultz supposedly killed 136 people within 10 years, okay? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, of death.
2: It is a lot of death. It just seemed a bit strange. <laughs> um, and we find out that in 1933, Dutch Schultz uh, got the honor of being public enemy number one by the Justice Department. That is right. Quite- uh, what did you guys? What did you guys think of the uh, the reenactment? <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. Um,
4: and I loved all like the the gangster talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, well, there. well, you see here, right? No, not not. Doug, Doug Schultz. <laughs> I don't know. It's you can Bob awesome. bump off Dewey? You gonna bump off Dewey? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you can't
0: so bump ridiculous. Dewey? <laughs> hey, boss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can really tell that Dutch was a tortured soul. <laughs> I mean, he he could
2: not so help himself. Tortured. I mean, yeah, so tortured, such a bad life. Um,
3: so, um... I just quickly mention uh, Thomas T. P. Oh? Perry, the author of books on treasure.
2: <laughs> yes, books on treasure.
3: <laughs> and he's ridiculous. I, I, is that a hairpiece? Like, I can't tell. It
2: has. It? it has to be a hairpiece. It has to be. There is and his no jacket. way. Like, it looks like it's a denim suit,
4: but with like, yeah, it it does kind. of look like a denim suit i'm not sure what is going on with that thing. So
2: he's ahead of the times so all his books on treasure money he can afford a denim suit he's a well-dressed gentleman so um yeah thomas p terry tells us all about how uh, dutch had to go on the lamb and hide decided to hide his nest egg so he was in his little hideout which was in connecticut uh and he had this steel plated strong box and he had the only key um and then he got his uh little Lulu, his little buddy, to bury it. And then he marked the spot by carving X into a new... <laughs> Okay. Um, first of all
3: he's carved an X in a tree, he has the only key, but does it really matter? Like it's pretty far out. Just get a hammer and a chisel and you're solid. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Um I just love that he carved X in the tree for some reason. It's like old timey pirate logic. <laughs> in the deeper of. Oh, uh, Mr. Shorts. <laughs> he was calling his uh,
0: secret woodland
2: informant. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, uh, you know, he trusts his little buddy Lulu, um, you know, R- Lulu Rosencrantz, uh, with this secret. But, oh no, Lulu can't be trusted. What a traitor. Lulu tells Marty Crumpet. Krom- (laughs) who may be my favourite person in this story Uh, and he's like oh you're not going to do anything stupid are you and he's like no no of course not cut to Marty chatting to a blonde and going yeah I'll draw you a map and everything (laughs) so Marty tells his uh, lady friend and draws a oh no Lulu draws Marty a map and then like you know there's a map and it's all going on and everything and of course the blonde blabs and the story spreads through New York Uh, And then this gets the. um, uh, There's also some heat on uh, Dutch Schultz at the time because DA Thomas E. Dewey is on Dutch's back, Uh, who went up against uh, Harry S. Truman. You know, in one of these
3: random um old photos, there's a guy here that I think looks like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, he does
2: kinda look like
4: him. Yeah. And he looks like he's photobombing the picture, like he shouldn't have been in there. (laughs) I think
2: think this means Joseph Gordon Levitt is a time traveller and likes (laughs) to Yeah, like exactly. He's,
3: he's this is the same oh, Dewey that uh, went up against uh, um, uh, Truman yeah. in the, uh, you know, the famous one where they misprinted the newspaper that Dewey had won, <laughs> and he hadn't. <laughs> Embarrassing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, yay, yay, hey, mom, I won. And then they're like, oh, actually, you didn't. He's like, oh.
3: Hey, mom, I'm not going to be the president after all.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: Wasn't that story on Cheers?
2: <laughs> Uh, So, uh, because of all the pressure from Dewey, uh, Dutch Schultz surrendered and had two trials. The first trial was a hung jury, and the second trial he was acquitted of all charges because of lack of evidence, which I love, because clearly the jury was bought off. Um... (laughs) Up in, uh, Albany, New York,
0: about an hour away from where I live. (laughs) So
2: after that, he moved to, uh, New Jersey, got to get out of the big city. Um, and then he decided to go on a killing spree. (laughs) They don't say any other details than that. They just go, and then he went on a killing spree and it alienated all of the, uh, New York gang, gangster scene. And I was like, but, but did he just go, Wee! I'm going to kill everyone. (laughs) Like what happened? They don't say. Um, so then, uh, he decided it was finally time to buy off or kill off Dewey and all uh, uh, his, his little uh, cronies were like you can't you can't buy off Dewey but he decided <laughs> to um, so I, then he about, headed into the oh you're god talking about the
3: fashion in this scene
2: I love all their okay. little ties mm-hmm. <laughs> they all <laughs> little <laughs> tiny ties little awesome ties yep look they're making a lot of money you think they could afford like bigger ties than that oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's not like there wasn't a prohibition on fabric come on <laughs> uh, i just went on a killing spree but i got a look at the baby tie <laughs> <laughs> my cheeky tiny tie <laughs> so our uh, dutch uh wanders into the bathroom um and the new york gangsters that he's pissed off uh, all decide to all come in and uh basically kill his whole gang and shoot him as well <gasps> what a twist <laughs> Uh, I really wanted it to open the door to the bathroom, and he's like sitting on the toilet, <laughs> like <that was> <laughs> <laughs> bullets in him. Um, and so Schultz was taken to hospital, and he lasted a day, but he was uh, before he passed away. But he was delirious and was babbling nonsense. And they got a stenographer to, to <laughs> take his statement, and he's basically just like, ah, my shoes! It feels like my shoes are on. It's like handcuffs. Uh, <laughs>
3: oh, the stenographer is not happy To be doing this all day
2: no. either
1: Oh boy no, exactly.
2: 22 hours he lasted That's 22 hours of the stenographer right? Like Typing all this nonsense Which is <laughs> <laughs> um So finally on October 24th 1935 Dutch died He was 33 years old And Lulu also died Poor Lulu uh marty was still alive but in a shock twist the blonde lady he'd been chatting to had told jake shapiro who was also in the new york gangster scene um who uh, uh, gunned about the map and he guns down Marty in a barbershop and stole the map, which I think... Is <laughs> <laughs> he ran in, gunned him down and then just grabbed this map and is like, ha ha! <laughs> I just want it to be like...
0: Sounds like this map and Treasure oh, is cursed. I,
2: I want it to be like a crossover, like like gangsters versus pirates. Like It would just be hilarious. <laughs> I just like, why isn't that a thing? <laughs> it just would be so good. Um, So then... Uh, Basically Jake Shapiro, um, uh, sorry, Marty uh, survived um, and he tried to look for the treasure but without the map, couldn't find it, couldn't find that tree marked with an X in that
1: certain point (laughs) of the river.
2: Uh, and since then, Jake Shapiro and others have tried to find the treasure but couldn't, and uh, we get uh, two versions of what might have happened. Some believe that it has been retrieved, but the bonds have never been redeemed yet, so some people say it hasn't. <gasps> Who knows? And some people say it never really existed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's just a legend. <laughs> um, I didn't do any further research on this, because, yeah. You,
4: you didn't go <laughs> looking for the tree? <laughs> <laughs> well Yeah,
0: it's a couple hours. Uh, Phoenicia is a couple hours' drive south of me. I, I, think, I really I should have did on something better for this
3: definitely. podcast. Let's go on, on Google Earth and see yeah. if we can find that tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're like, all right, look for that fat, so.
2: And also, <laughs> we have to say that when we see the <laughs> like footage of them burying, like the reenactment of them burying it, it's like right by the river, and it looks like they just dig yeah. up some stones, like not even any earth. And I was like, the river—it's gonna unearth that. Like the river oh. is right there, and you're just burying stones. Like th- that would be so easy to find, Lulu, <laughs> rubbish digger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was uh, the tale of Ju- Dutch Schultz's treasure. Amazing. All
0: right. Well, we're gonna journey back into the unknown again for the uh, tale of the Canadian UFO. Um, it's a UFO that lands in Canada, not a UFO from Canada. I think. Anyway, uh, Sir Stack brings us to uh, West Carlton, Ontario.
2: Remember Ontario. And it's Diane... very important. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. It will come up later. <laughs>
0: Diane Labanek just put her kids to bed and boy her dogs are barking they, literally the dogs are outside barking uh, what It'd are they a, barking to, they at well yeah, so, so remember I
4: said the fashion would come back the half and half fashion yeah. <laughs> this out
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> she's got this
4: Long floral print skirt, and then her top is half <laughs> of the same floral print and then half white. and On the side that's white, it's got a pocket with the floral print on it. It's like,
2: what is going on in this? It's outfit? a full on nightmare. It's half, she's wearing like half a waistcoat of, oh, of curtain so material. Bad.
4: So bad. Blossom
2: wouldn't
0: wear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah she sees flames in the back of her field it's not a fire it's just flames um (laughs) it's not spreading
2: and it's very red very red ship comes
0: very red a uh a ship comes down and she crosses herself the ship has a strobe light on the top of it and she she can't help but stare at it and then it takes off and the flames go out all at the same Mm -hmm. time she's afraid to call the police and 10 minutes later, a helicopter crisscrosses the area and then flies away. We also see the next day when she's running out into her field, but unfortunately she does not find any evidence. So meanwhile, um, <laughs> Bob Eckler, Exler, UFO researcher, a former NASA person, uh, got a package. It's a, a videotape with a fingerprint on it and the word Ooh. guardian um with the videotape comes documents and pics
3: i remember seeing this episode when i was a kid
0: oh really and i oh, remember nice. this one
1: creeping
3: me out
0: <laughs> but we'll get to that later um the video ends up matching what diane saw and uh we also get to see the actual guardian videotape and bob is convinced <laughs> this is a this is a real event.
2: He also uh, yeah. says that her description was so vivid, I don't know how she could have made it up. And I'm like, that's what writers do.
0: They make up yeah, Gra- vivid descriptions. His, his buddy, uh, fellow researcher, Graham Lightfoot, uh, <laughs> yeah, says keeps talking about how believable Diane is. And, um, you know, they they asked her about it before showing her the videotape. So,
1: um,
3: Guys, if that's true, we, that's... Um... That's some pretty shocking evidence. Um, I wonder if there's going to be an update later. Maybe.
0: (laughs) Uh Bruce McAvee, Navy physicist, is sure it's not a hoax. And he kinda talks us through how it's uh how the lights are working and everything and um slyly, uh flips off the camera as he's uh, <laughs> doing it. We caught you, Bruce. It's not just to yep. be being silly and pointing with the wrong finger. Um and he talks about how Guardian must have uh, been walking around and trying to get a closer look at it, but all of a sudden got shined on by a blue light.
4: Yes, and, uh, I was trying <laughs> to beam him. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> um, Bob is sure that um, if there was this was a hoax. Diane would have seen evidence. There would have been like wires and all sorts of stuff. We get a check in with uh, Major N.J. Patterson of the Canadian Forces, who tells us that our copters do not fly low. <laughs> This is the most
1: Canadian
2: human being ever. Yeah, he is. (laughs) It's amazing. He really is. So, guys, this is when they mention about, obviously, um, the inclusion of the military in this story. That I have to tell you that I think I might solve this unsolved mystery. (gasps) What? Okay, so we're in Ontario. There's the military involved. There's a mysterious person called Guardian. I just want to point out that... um, in uh, X-Men uh, number 109, in 1978, was the introduction of James McDonald Hudson, the Canadian superhero known as Guardian, <laughs> <laughs> who worked, who lived in London, Ontario, Canada, and helped create Department H with the Canadian Ministry of Defence, known as Alpha Flight. <laughs> Solved. Solved! It's all real, guys. It's all real. So Alpha Flight's real? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, um, Guardian's Bob, out there. James Hudson needs to help out.
0: <laughs> Bob talks about how Guardian has got to be connected to this whole thing. In order to be out there with the camera, he had to have some sort of prior knowledge that this was going to happen. Um, and Graham talks again about how he's certain that uh, Diane isn't involved. Then we take a look at the documents and the pictures. The documents, Major Patterson says, there's just too many errors. It's got to be a fabrication. Someone with very little effort could have done better than this. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good quote. (laughs) Um, And then we see some grainy pictures of possible aliens. All right. All right. Here we go. Guys,
3: when this episode originally aired, first of all, the commercials leading into this, we're like, shocking evidence, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they kept, like, playing up that, that alien image. Yeah. And, like, me as a teen sweets child, <laughs> super freaked out.
4: <laughs>
3: super freaked out.
0: Um, Bob actually says, these pictures, they must be real. If the tape's real, why, why wouldn't the pictures be real? If, if you put fake pictures in with a real tape, it would discount the, f- the <laughs> tape as being real. Why would somebody do that?
2: That's good logic.
4: <laughs> The best logic. The best logic. (laughs) Or maybe they're all fake.
0: (laughs) Mm. And uh, we kind of finish off the story with Bob talking about how it just, you know, if we could just know who Guardian is, that would help out this case. It's very frustrating not knowing. (laughs) So, that's the story of the Canadian UFO, guys. You have some sort of updates at all? Updates. I don't have any. Go ahead. Do you not have any updates for this Robin? No, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> too, I was I was too busy reading that gigantic thread about Bonnie Wheeler, but <laughs> <I'm laughs> Understandable. guys. I look into this case a little bit.
3: First of all, these two experts we've got, even like the UFO community, was super suspect of these guys, because um, up here, that first guy, um, Eckler, I think his name is. When they were investigating it, um, this like the Canadian version of MUFON, yeah, which is a thing. Um, they take him up there and they're showing around, and you know they're, you know, they're kind of making a day of it. And they go to get lunch at one point, and he like hangs around. When they go back to meet him after lunch, he's found the location where what? this thing was filmed. But they hadn't told him where it was. <laughs> He found the exact <laughs> location, so they were already super suspect of this guy. And and actually, they found they had the tape before they had this woman's uh, uh story. Uh huh. Um. Well, eventually, it came out <laughs> that the woman that was the witness that corroborated all the things on the tape. Um. Yeah, eventually, you know, originally she said she had no idea where the tape came from or who made it. Later, she admitted that Bobby uh, Charlebois, a UFO buff who had called himself Guardian for many years,
0: <laughs> was in fact a family friend
1: Whoa. and was visited oh.
0: several times a week. <laughs> oh, Diane!
2: Brad, you've just shot holes in my theory. I'm very upset.
3: Yeah, so first of all, <laughs> I went and I and then the people investigating the tape are like, um, that are saying, they're like, this really just looks like a truck and a helicopter landing, Yeah. and apparently, like in parts of the tape, you can see the windshield wipers <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: amazing!
3: So, um, yeah, this Eckler guy basically just uh, like took the story, and even while this Canadian Mufon group was uh, still like uh, investigating the case, yeah, um, and they were already super about it. He already had run to unsolved mysteries <laughs> and was like trying to sell books and make a name for himself. It's nothing oh. but shifty. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up hoax
0: party. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's a that's a nice conclusion to my story. Thank you. <laughs> I was I, I you know I, what I I think I was more freaked out by by Guardian. I think I was more freaked yeah, out by yeah, the guy... Like, we never saw his face. He's just sitting there with the camera. Oh, yeah.
3: <sighs> and I really, I really remember in the commercials, and maybe it was edited differently, like, at one point, but I remember them really playing up the, the alien photo, and I think in the commercials, like, we have actual photographic evidence of, a, of an alien, and, like, the Guardian tape, and I just remember that being really creepy to me. But, like, there was this guy that nobody knew who it was, and he had these tapes, and he left creepy messages, and there was a yeah. picture
4: of an alien. Yeah, that was, like, my big note at the end. Who is Guardian? Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> oh, it's Bobby <laughs> Charlebois.
1: <laughs>
4: so, uh, guys, I've got the 200th solved <laughs> segment. It is amazing. We did it! Yay! Good job on solved mysteries. <laughs> it is 1987. By this point, they have 100 fugitives have been caught, and uh, they show a clips of a bunch of people being arrested. <laughs> One of which looks like Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> Let him go, he's a hero. Uh, 63% of their cases have been lost love cases, and they see a bunch of images of people hugging. (laughs) And then they say that their call center has been abuzz getting down to this 200th episode, and everybody's on their computers, on their phones, everybody's on a phone. (laughs) And, um... So what was it going to be? What was going to be the 200th solved case? Was it going to be a reunion? Was it going to be a fugitive? Was it going to be a UFO? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was it going to be Bonnie Wilder? We find out. It is a reunion story. It is the best. In 1964, Mitchell Shigemoto joined the army. The next year, he went to Vietnam. He looked just like the enemy. (laughs) Is what they said. It's like, So
0: He was enormous.
4: Exactly. So it was, it, it was kind of interesting because they chose, like, the most diverse group of people for this 1964 army scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, they all uh, were rude to Mitchell, who... Uh, <laughs> mm who was Japanese, and apparently they just thought he was Vietnamese, which is really racist. Um, anyway. <laughs> and they had a problem, like, one of the guys didn't want to serve him, and uh, said, I don't serve zipper heads and was being super racist, yeah. and we, we learn about James, who was also part of the army and stood up for Mitchell and said, what's your problem? Why don't you serve a soldier? It was great. He got very yeah. upset at the guy. And, uh, James and Mitchell became best of friends. Um, guys, can we take a kind of upsetting step back? No. <laughs> Like, I, 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 you know, I had heard the word zipper head before, but I
2: didn't know where it came from. Yeah,
3: I, I didn't know where, I didn't know where it comes from. <laughs> okay, this is upsetting. I've never heard it. Um, so, uh, apparently in the Korean War, uh, the, uh, soldiers, uh, trying to, uh, hurriedly, uh, get through an area and, uh, get rid of some of their enemies would drive their jeeps really fast and sometimes run over the skulls of humans. Oh. So our professional murderers, aka the military, um, did this and they say so they would call them zipperheads because the tread marks in the skull of a human being oh. look like a
4: zipper.
1: Oh mm.
4: didn't know then, that. And then they just that as a race term. Yeah. Wow.
3: So that's really fucked up. And PS fucked the military. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, agreed. No, I love James Mitchell, shut I up. know, I just want, I, I want to, say, this,
3: this story's too sweet and beautiful, I want to take us to a low place, now build us back up.
4: Alright, so January 2nd, 1966, um, the unit was under heavy fire, Mitchell caught a bullet to the thigh, he went down really hard. James took a position in front of Mitchell and then just couldn't leave him there. He saves Mitchell. He saves him. He did something against regulation. He helped carry Mitchell across firing lines to safety. And then um, Mitchell was sent home a few weeks later to Hawaii and never saw James again. Wasn't able to thank him. Uh, his wife, who, after learning about the story, even tried to find James for him and couldn't find him, so they contacted Unsolved Mysteries, they had aired the case, and um, after the broadcast, all the <laughs> everything would change in a remarkable way. Um, Colonel Truman Plants from California found James in Chicago. And before long, James, his fiance, his two grown daughters were on their way to Hawaii to see Mitchell. <gasps> so on this reunion, we got to see Mitchell and James come together Aww. for the first time in since 1966.
3: He James has the most badass mutton chops as well. Um, okay.
4: yeah, he really he does. Is, it's James so is amazing. James is amazing. Mitchell looks like he's maybe 30. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and James is amazing. Uh, he's like the coolest guy ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so after 30 years, they caught their first glimpse of each other uh them hugging just about made me cry uh, <laughs> but that wasn't the part i did have a little tear later on um <laughs>
2: <laughs> it might be the same part that i did tell yeah, you. So,
4: <laughs> so we learned from james that he wasn't gonna leave him there alone he just couldn't do it um his uh, his wife and Mitchell's wife and family were hugging James and they were crying because basically they saved their, their father and their, their husband's life James spent a full week there, the two of them never stopped talking about the past, the future and the time they could see each other again And this is when I teared
2: up because the cameraman
4: or someone behind the camera said, how does it feel to be back together? James says, they haven't come up with that word yet. When they come up with that word, I'll write to you and let you know. There is no word for this feeling. Oh my god! (laughs) It was the sweetest ever. These two, I mean, they just look like best buddies. It was so sweet. And then they like show the image of them like when they were young. Yeah oh <gasps> yeah. I,
2: I was just like <laughs> did you guys get a room <laughs> so uh <laughs> so yeah cute. it got it got a
4: little misty uh in in my room when uh <laughs> like all the dust was flying in my room when i was watching this part <laughs> all, the mist,
0: all the dust
4: <laughs> all the dust just, so um that that was uh the 200th solved episode guys Ooh, good story Brad? <laughs> all right guys, um you have another missing person case. Right. Guys, uh, we got another
3: lost love. Uh this is Tim Monier. Um Tim Monier?
1: Uh, <laughs> Tim Monier? What happened?
3: Here you go. Uh, basically uh we got Daytona Beach uh January of 1984, uh, a 19-year-old uh, uh he just disappeared. Like uh what's what's going on? He's, uh, he, he disappeared without a trace. He <laughs> left his part. He didn't pack any clothes. Nope.
2: Uh, they can't figure out Not what's going stitch.
3: on. <laughs> uh, left ten dollars
2: in his bank account.
3: He, yeah, they say he cleared out his bank account, yeah. except for ten dollars, which means he may be coming back.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's He's coming keep on. the account
3: open. I'm back for ten dollars. <laughs> um, the last person to see him was his first 14-year-old brother, Frank. Some people think he was a victim of foul play, but others, including his family, believe that he ran away to start a new life.
4: <laughs> which makes me wonder like what was going on in his current yeah. life that they they yeah. assumed he was running away to start a new life. Uh, guys, I
3: got some theories about this. <laughs> um, like 2 weeks later they they found like a gas station and a guy at the gas station remembered him. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, he was a he was a car guy. Yeah. He was into the car. Yeah but uh they uh can
2: also say that I'm sorry Brad but the guy who went missing they keep showing his photo and it's really creepy it's creepier than the first guy's nine year old photo
1: yeah like, no
2: it is it was like no. Ugh. yeah <laughs> the guy that actually plays
0: the reenactment young Tim uh Milner, mm-hmm. I swear and I, I can't know. it's not on his credits but I swear that's Morgan Weiser who starred in uh a show I just finished uh, watching Space Above and Beyond um <laughs> I swear it's him but it's, it's not on his credit so I mean a needed. lot of people
3: got their start here um on unsolved yeah. mysteries uh Maddie McConaughey got his yep. start on unsolved mysteries oh. um Daniel oh. day Kim wow.
0: <laughs> wow a lot of people
3: uh a lot of people did some uh, reenactments um but they find um they get a call from um a place in Atlanta that that uh his car was found abandoned um, including the new bicycle that was in the trunk, it's, it's gone. So all this stuff's gone. They find the car in Atlanta. He's in, from Florida. So, alright, here's where my theory comes in. <laughs> Okay, first of all, his family seemed super conservative, even for the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta is the gay capital of the <laughs> South.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I feel like, I mean, maybe, and this is just r- complete random speculation, maybe he was uncomfortable telling his family the truth, so he fled to start a new life.
4: And his family really did know the truth, and that's why they were okay with him leaving and starting a new life.
3: Yeah. Because his brother says, you know, when the last time he saw him, like it, it just—it it felt like he was saying goodbye for real. <laughs> they show an aged photo of what he might look like after ten years, and it's super creepy.
2: Terrifying. He like looks like a straight-up
3: monster. <laughs> um, but here's the big thing: if and when Tim returns home, there'll be a lot to talk about. His brother is a financial consultant, and his sister's a doctor. He's an uncle to uh, various nephews and nieces. And there's also the matter of the inheritance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Days after disappearing, a relative died, leaving him an estate that has grown to be worth more than fifty. <laughs> 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 because the first time I saw this, I was I was like, "Wait, did they just say that he's inherited fifty thousand dollars?" And then I realized, no, it's an estate that has
2: grown. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and this is a long time. Yeah. It is an yeah.
3: estate that is grown to be worth fifty. 000. Is it a trailer?
2: What is? <laughs> <that>? <laughs> <laughs> Even in the '80s,
3: <laughs> that's not a lot
0: of money. <laughs> like this I, guy, this guy totally got carjacked. Uh, and his body got dumped, and then the guy got gas in Florida, and then got rid of the rest of his shit, and then just kept and dr- dumped his car. I you guarantee this guy's dead. Yeah.
3: Um, <sighs> I, like, listen, um, we'll get to the update in a second. but... Oh, sorry, sorry.
0: There's an update. I didn't
3: know but it. uh, f- first off, like, I was drawn to this story because of the idea of an heir to $50,000. <laughs> 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 because that's, I mean, air. like, stop playing up the 50000 because that's not a lot of money, Robert Stack, and you know it. <laughs> like, I would not turn it down in a second, please. Anyone that wants to send me fifty thousand dollars, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you're not an heir to fifty thousand dollars. You get fifty thousand dollars.
4: You can pay more in taxes. <laughs> yeah. $50, yeah.
0: Maybe it was. I mean, was did they say he was the sole heir? Because it he could have been a split of some some bigger.
2: It would have I, to be split. Because why would he inherit it and not his? Because his, his uncle and his knows sister. that he's
1: gay. And wants to him money to
4: start over.
2: Oh, that's that his
1: way me? of
4: telling him
3: we accept you. I think, I think the uncle is the only person that knows he's gay. Um, and was like, listen, when you get a chance, you just go off and start a new life. Don't worry about your stupid family and their crazy Reaganomics talk. <laughs> but what he didn't know is that uncle, and he knew that uncle was getting sick and he wanted, to, he wanted to fulfill his wish. What he didn't know is the uncle was going to leave him um, a couple of dollars to get started. <laughs> Now that's all fun and games, but let's get to the update. I'm right. <laughs>
1: um,
3: sorry, guys. This guy, uh, this one takes a turn Ooh. because uh, when this segment uh, reran on January thirty first, nineteen ninety six, a viewer named Stephen Cole called the telecenter, claiming that he recognized Tim's clothing as the clothing he found on a body. <gasps> frozen in ice in Wisconsin 10 years earlier. What? Which would be two <gasps> years after Rogers. two years after we went missing, this guy found the frozen body.
2: Oh, so wow. Sad.
3: Yeah. After this oh, that's uh,
2: really sad.
3: they contacted the medical examiner and the family and they sent DNA samples and they did find out that that was uh, Tim Molnir's body.
4: I wonder who inherited Aww. the fifty thousand after that.
3: Don't know. Um, <laughs> cause of death could not be determined, nor could anyone determine why Tim traveled all the way to Wisconsin. Who'd go to Wisconsin? <laughs>
2: Yeah, look what happens to you
3: if you do. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Like, I, I feel like what started off is like, oh, this is a story with a heir to $50,000. kind of yeah. wacky. It, there's a lot of mysteries.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like, how did yeah. he get to
3: Atlanta? What happened to him? How did he end up in Wisconsin? How long was he dead? Uh, yeah. How did he die? Why was he frozen? Definitely more questions than answers in that story. How did the guy recognize his clothes from an episode of Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> as, the go- as the dead body clothes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Did I'm they sure. Duplicate I'm, his clothes? I'm sure you don't forget, like, th- when you see a dead body.
4: Yeah, it's probably um, a lot of details you're going to remember that.
3: But do you really pay attention to clothes enough to match it to the dead body you saw, to the person you saw in Unsolved Mysteries?
0: Oh, well, if you're looking for fashion no nos, you know, <laughs> best dress, worst dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: When you're watching TV. Guys, maybe? we're going to help solve some mysteries. <laughs> So, yeah, that is the case of uh, the unfortunate case of Tim Molnar. Sorry, I took a, a dark turn there.
2: A sad ending. You're just
4: trying to bring all the stories down, Brad. Why can't you just be happy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, got one last story for you guys. Yeah, Claire. Uh. <laughs> Let's take it to a slightly more, uh, creepy, uh... <laughs> in a more creepy direction. Uh, this it's story creepy. is called Wanted. I believe Brad subtitled it The Tale of the Creepy Arsonist. Uh, that's, <laughs> or, that's not okay.
3: my title. That is what was listed.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, okay. Artists, cool. Really? <laughs> um, so, basically, we are told that each year in the USA, the USA more than 200,000 <laughs> uh, people are victims of arsonists. Um... And we are told that we are going to have a rare and disturbing opportunity to go inside the mind of an arsonist who made a far- a video of a fire that he set. And oh, did he make a video, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let me take you back to August 15th, 1989, near Stockton, California. Um, we have a, a family, a, a father, a wife, and their son. Uh, we don't find out this guy's real name, but we will uh, we will call him Joseph V. Vier, I think. Uh, we'll just call him Joe, Joe Mullet, because he has a mullet. Um, <laughs> they're driving out in the middle of nowhere, and the car overheats. Um, so uh, G- old Joe decides that the best thing to do would be to leave his wife there um, in, the, in the potential rape park and he and his son should d- d- uh, walk to the nearest telephone.
0: You know the way to the rape uh, park? <laughs>
2: oh, my dog there every time. Uh, so on the way to the telephone, they find a little a uh, little pile on the on the road. Uh, they find a camouflage jacket with a, a a blank unmarked VHS tape uh, and several uh, <laughs> several audio tapes of heavy metal music.
4: <laughs> I wish you were like love- on
2: tape because that would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, I have a set of fire. It's specifically, heavy metal tape. <laughs> um, I,
3: so, you know, yeah, the they- dads, you know the dad's like, oh, I found a porn tape. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, because we find out that they they take the VHS and leave everything else. They leave so the music, weird. they leave the jacket. Oh, but we're going to have the VHS. Could be some good stuff on here. Uh, and then it says that they, uh, they just. Um, uh, take the VHS and go and I wrote in my notes I hope they didn't go straight away I hope they went to the telephone and got the car fixed and they didn't just go home watch the video and leave the wife in the rain park <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> um, so we uh, get to see the actual video um, and it appears to be a house on fire with uh, a guy talking over it and uh, we'll we'll get several uh, uh, <laughs> reenactments of uh, the script and um, The first part we hear um, in a moment, but first of all we should have to say that uh, Joe obviously does what uh, everyone should do and decides to turn the tape over to the police. And it's here that we meet Frank Curry, who's the fire captain of the Department of Forestry. He would be played by Steve Guttenberg in the movie. (laughs) He's never seen anything so eerie and it frightened him, and he thought about it in bed that night, Uh, okay. Are we sure he didn't make the tape? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Hey, uh, skipping back, uh, mm-hmm. just just for a second, that family—I know it was reenacted, mm. but did that family actually find an unmarked videotape and sit down together to see what was <laughs> on it?
3: I think so. <laughs> Come on, kids, let's all sit around and watch the tape we found on the
0: side of the road.
4: Uh, that uh, makes it be educational. It be a porto. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, it also could be the fucking ring. <laughs> <gotta watch> that <laughs> <shit. Yeah.
2: laughs> I love this one bit where it's uh, it's a close up of. um, I'm not sure which family member, I think it might be the brother, and it's like just his eyes in glasses and you can see the fire reflected in the glasses and he just shakes his head sadly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh no! (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, uh, so, the police decide to do an in-depth study of the tape to pinpoint the location. Um, and then we hear some of the script, which is, is uh, let me have a look, is a very soft voice. Uh, and it says, look at it, Omar. <laughs> this is what I've been doing on your week's vacation. Ha ha ha. I said I'd do it. I said I'd do it. So
1: <laughs> good
2: tape. I love that he's like laughing maniacally but softly. So he's like, yeah. ah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing like a fake, screamy voice. Yeah,
2: maybe <laughs> like yeah. yeah, he is. He's like doing really a man voice. I, so but, good. Listen, I, I don't, asleep. I don't wanna,
3: I don't wanna skip ahead to an update ahead of time. But at any point in watching this, did you think he was anything other than a teenager?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't. No, no,
1: totally not. So <laughs> I said dangerous. i do it, and I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right Omar
2: this is what I'm doing this
1: uh... is <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, we'll get to that, Brad. I have the whole thing written down. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, So then we get a reenactment of the uh, arsonist, uh, county arson investigator, accompanying Joe's brother to the tape spot. I don't know why Joe's brother's going, or not Joe. Joe's brother (laughs) wasn't there. Why that
4: is either That was really (laughs) confusing.
2: And uh, we notice that the county arson inspector isn't wearing gloves. uh, Picks up (laughs) all kinds of evidence. isn't wearing any gloves at all. Uh, He finds something in the jacket that Joe uh, and his son didn't find. Uh, The jacket contained a wooden pestle, and we're told it's the kind that was used to grind herbs for satanic rituals.
3: now you know, not, like, when this is being aired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's, see, there's two types of, of pestles. There's the one that you buy, so basically, when you go to Walmart next time you buy your pestle, <laughs> make sure you, do, you get the right type, because there is the type for just grinding normal vegetables, to make your lasagna, and there's the type to grind satanic, uh, uh herbs for satanic rituals. Yeah, just I gotta mean, be careful I mean, they,
4: you get they the both right one. Grind, they both grind herbs, but yeah. it just depends on what you're using them for. That's the kind that you have to buy. Now, what do you
3: What kind of, what use do you have for the ceramic skull that they also found?
2: (laughs) Yes, there's a ceramic skull which indicates that these are, if they are satanists, they're kind of half-hearted satanists, they don't even have a real (laughs) skull. They've just got a little ceramic skull.
3: I, I'm, just gonna, um, I'm just gonna... I I'm right there. I wonder if this might actually be not a satanic cult at all, but in fact, like, maybe a teenager that, uh, I don't know, listen to heavy metal and wants to pretend they're some hardcore badass, but in fact is just a nerd with a video camera <laughs> and some
2: stupid you props. Clearly um, it's a satanic cult.
0: Come on. Clearly. I'm pretty certain this is our first crossover, guys. This seems like
2: some Guardians shenanigans right here. <laughs> oh, no. Guardian can show up anywhere oh, oh no. um so uh so nearby they found a matching glove and a ceramic skull um then we uh, uh, get a bit of the uh, script again uh we get the following this is hell I call it home <laughs> my hell the whole sky is black with smoke this is the fire that I will destroy and burn your soul up ancient spirit of evil! <laughs> <laughs> we don't get any laughing in this one, which which disappoints me because the laughing is my favourite oh. bit that he does in any of the videos, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, they're trying to find the location, uh, they work on trying to find the location and then we go back to the video and get some more, uh, which might be my favourite bit of <laughs> script, <laughs> which is the fire department trying to put it out, what a laugh! <laughs> 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 I just love that he's so gleeful, but he's whispering because he's still like, Oh, I don't want to be caught. Oh, no. I'm just going to laugh like uh, really softly, little whisper laughs. Ha
1: ha
2: ha ha. Yeah. So, the police try and enhance the video to get the house number um, okay, because wait, they see a fire truck on it. Oh, go on, on yeah. The,
3: the very end of the video the script.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. I, I have it, it all. One. I love when he's uh, like,
3: What is the, the good night? Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Are you ready? So, Please. the end of the video uh is the following hang on a sec dramatic reading look at the flames listen to the coyotes yell (laughs) ha 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 Listen to him. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the coyotes,
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> Good night, oh. ladies and gentlemen. That's... Yeah, that's I love that part.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, this video is hilarious. Like, I I don't know if I would be as creeped out as the the police officer that he was lying awake all night, couldn't sleep because he was so creeped out. I think I'd be just laughing, uh, and I think that makes me a bad person but I don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd be creeped out by it. I just It's just weird. It's, like, it's just weird.
2: It's,
3: it's I, much like I was creeped out by that Canadian UFO thing when I was a kid. <laughs> I was reading on, oh, online. Um, somebody remembered this particular segment um, as being like really scary to them when they were a kid. <laughs> but looking back on it, like, oh, this is, yeah, clearly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly just a teenager because they want to be like, oh, oh, the voice. Um, we should also say that, you know, they, he keeps referring to this Omar. We never find out who Omar is.
4: No, it's really disappointing. I really, that is the unsolved mystery. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. really. That is the true unsolved mystery of this episode. Uh, so anyway, they managed to... Um uh find the uh the, there's a date given by the arsonist of 1988 on the video and then one of my favorite details is they say that the commercials on the other part of the tape verify the date yeah. <laughs> i wish we knew what those commercials were. <laughs> i want i want I... 80s toys r us ads with oh, people yeah. dad i want uh i want rex and Rita. i basically yeah. want all the adverts from the muppet um yeah. Family Christmas.
3: I want an episode um, of Belvedere up in there. <laughs> oh, this is so what, good. What? What did this ar- arsonist like tape over?
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> did he like steal like one of his mom's tapes to tape over? <laughs> Probably. Yeah,
4: it was like one oh, life to live or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Gerald, then we have... Gerald, Gerald, have you seen? <laughs> I can't find
3: my Matt's landing tape. <laughs>
4: I
1: don't know where it is, Mom. <laughs>
3: Gerald, stop talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.
1: Good night, Mommy. Do you and need Dad. a pop-tickle?
3: Do you need a monster pop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to bring monster pop back. There it is.
2: Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update on this. Update. <laughs> Uh, Redwood City, California, 60 miles west of Stockton. Within minutes of the broadcast of this episode, several viewers called um, to identify the location. Uh, the amazingly named Ed Tarantino uh, was a neighbor oh. of the house that uh, burned down and went, Oh my god, that's the house behind us on television! <gasps> um and <laughs> it feels like a straight up creeper that Ed Tarantino. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: he does.
2: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's super creepy. Uh, so they match it to an arson. Um, attack, which was on August the 15th, 1988, on an, a house that was under construction um the fire captain also filmed the blaze. Um, and when they compare them, they confirm that it's the same one. Also, they seem to be filming them from exactly the same spot. So I like to imagine that there's the a <laughs> fire captain. And then, like, directly behind him, there's this kid going, <laughs> this yeah. I, I, yell.
0: I was definitely, like, think thinking, this? like, they were going to go the extra step and be like, OK, so the fire chief is videotaping <laughs> from this angle. So obviously in the tape, we can see that the this, this was being filmed from the arsonist on the you know here in the background or whatever
2: you can see him just this
3: yeah, been extra nerdy kid like they couldn't have been more than 50 yards <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah like they must have been so near each other and, and it was also like oh. a
3: fluke thing that like the fire chief was filming it as like um you know for educational 50- purposes Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Um so the calls that they rec- uh, received led them to a 17-year-old youth uh, who they interviewed and he led them to a 19-year-old Redwood City youth who was arrested and admitted it. Uh, both pled guilty and received probationary sentences. As one of them Omar? He's
4: 17. 17-year-old Omar. Yeah, I I don't know. I really really want to know who Omar is. Yeah. Yeah
2: will we ever find out who omar is if you know listen. yeah to listeners if you know
0: <laughs> what's
4: our <As> number <laughs>
2: 800 number <laughs> uh, 1-800 unsolved <laughs> omar <laughs> okay With well omar that's it for life. that that story yep
0: Alright, cool. let's uh let's uh take a walk down mystery runway.
2: It was a real uh, it was a bag of treats this week, I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry definitely. guys,
3: but before we before we finish up, I think we should talk about the uh oh, yeah. talk about the credits. Oh
2: oh I'm oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Course.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so of course, you know, Robert Stack closes it off. Yeah, you can help solve a mystery, blah blah blah. But then we get like um these lifetime credits. <laughs> um,
4: the virtual trip to lifetime for women?
3: It's it's television by for and about women. Why don't you check the virtual trip to HTTP uh, colon w- <laughs> God, lifetime, oh, uh, this is other things about our shows. Also, our, our, health, our health awareness campaigns. She gets, like, really excited about our health awareness campaigns.
1: You may enjoy a virtual trip to www.lifetimetv.com to find out more about our network, our original programs and movies, and our health awareness campaigns. It's all here on Lifetime Television. <laughs> That's
4: hilarious, and I love it. So good. And then we get so the MBC commercial. Yeah. Okay, guys,
3: let's let's break this down. You guys need to know, I watched many hours of Unsolved
0: Mysteries over the past two weeks. Um. You mean over, the, yeah, while, we, while we've been recording this intro cast, right? Exactly. <laughs> two
2: years, not two weeks, Brad. This, I, I,
3: for the past two weeks, i watched many episodes trying to put together the clips for this particular episode. Um... I've watched so many mysteries, it's insane. But I was like, at the end, we gotta close this thing out. We had a I wanna get a, a good promo for Untold Mysteries. So I threw one in the beginning, that was kind of fun. Um but at the end I found this NBC promo. <laughs> and it is like three minutes long.
1: Oh
3: it goes, mm-hmm. goes on forever. And you see all the stars of NBC's shows, and you realize that NBC was the shit.
1: Like <laughs> it truly
3: was the place to be. Um, because they had all the shows. I, uh, I
4: mean, uh, can we just like, well, okay, Cosby Show. We Cosby. Had, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got all this. Here. Night Court. Uh, I don't know what that was. The Hunter. I think Hunter. The Hunter. Golds, Girls. Yeah. Uh, Empty Nest. Different World. Fresh Prince. Cheers. David Letterman. Those were just ones that yeah. I could catch.
3: Johnny Carson. There was some Bob Hope show. Uh, Quantum Leap.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I loved, Wall. he was like he was like hiccuping he yeah just, or, and changing into different costumes <laughs>
3: yeah somebody sees that show like oh that sounds like a neat show a guy that every time he hiccups he turns into a different person go
2: <laughs> does emptiness, empty nest different yeah. worlds
1: so good like, so, just
0: tons of shows. like, And it seemed to be, like, promoting, like, and, and we've, this, this isn't just it, because we got more new stuff coming, and it shows, like, scenes of things I've never seen before. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple I could not
4: figure out for the whole life of me.
0: Oh. There's some stuff in there. Oh. It was
4: awesome.
3: Yeah, like... Man, and of
4: course, Bill Cosby conducting it all.
3: Right, because I mean, oh, yeah. he was—he yeah. was the man. What was this Judd Hirsch show? I wonder. That's my big question. Dear John. Was that Dear John? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I Let's remember. It's got the
0: guy from uh, Justified in it. What's okay. His
3: face? Yeah. All right, I couldn't f- figure that one out. me if
2: yeah. if, uh, if if Walt Disney World, which I know is near to you, near and dear to your heart, um, if they ever decide to like recast, um, uh, Fantasmic or fan- whatever it's called, <laughs> um.
4: What's it what,
2: called? What, Fantasia? What are you talking no, about? But their Donald show Duck, at... Yeah,
4: Donald Duck conducting. Uh, Fantasia.
2: Fantasia. Well, oh, decided... you're, talking about the,
4: you're talking about the ride at Magic Kingdom.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, if um, they decide to recast yeah, that, oh, yeah, yeah. they they could get Bill Cosby because he's already in. There's a statue <laughs> of him in one of the parks, as we know. And from this promo, we can see his conducting abilities. So clearly, he's a friend of a uh, friend of Disney, and I think he'd fit right in there. <laughs>
3: nice. Also, uh, Matlock was in the mix. Oh yeah. Like, Indy's, like NBC is every good show. There's some weird show with Ed Bagley Jr. that I don't know.
0: That's um, not seen elsewhere, is it? Oh, is it? I never watched that, so it could be. Was that NBC? I don't know. It looks like a sitcom, though. But... No,
4: it wasn't. Yeah, because I seen him and I was like, oh, I remember that show. And then I couldn't think of what it was.
3: Yeah. Of course, we got Robert Stack with a magnifying glass. <laughs> I love it. By the way, that man rocks a giant trench coat. Yeah. So cool.
0: Awesome.
3: Um, But, yeah, there's some stuff in here. Love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, just, it, I, I just need to look this up, what Ed Begley Jr. was... um But it's not coming up. Veronica up? Whatever.
3: And what kind of show did Bob Hope have on NBC in the late 80s, early 90s?
0: <laughs> well, he always did the uh, the specials.
3: Yeah, I, I guess it was just should... for specials. Because, yeah, they threw Carol Burnett in there as well, and she was doing specials at the time. Yeah.
0: And Letterman. Carson and I Ad have Latter-
2: no idea what you guys are <laughs> talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, they had blockbusters in there, and uh, <laughs> uh, who else? <laughs> just trying to think of British shows. I can't oh. find that Ed Beckley Jr. show.
2: I love that you tried to think of British shows and were like, mm, nah. <laughs> um, and, then Black Adder
0: yeah, and then Blackadder shows up, and then they uh, you play Blankety know. Blank, and then... Scene Elsewhere was on until 88, so it's probably this that. Helped. Yeah. This might have been, like, early 90s, so I don't know. This, this is 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 probably just part he was not a TV movie called The Ed Beckley Jr. Show. I don't know what the <laughs> heck that was. He played Ed Hobart, Hobo Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, are we good to go to Mystery Runway?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Scariest mystery. <sighs> Ooh. Mm. I think uh, old Omar was quite creepy. Um, I, yeah, Omar. Omar that voice. Was, Although I found hilarious. Uh... uh Brad really
0: creeped me out with the end of the Tim Mullner story. Oh, yeah,
2: that, yeah, uh, yeah that, that one.
0: Yeah. It became more of a mystery after the mysteries, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah,
4: I think that, that's it. Yeah.
0: All right. Creative?
4: Uh, hello. Oh, Body Wilder is the most creative. <laughs> you gotta be that creative,
0: creative to be that fat and steel thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. there's a lot mental? of creativity put in the Canadian UFO story. Sounds. <laughs> <in>
1: uh-huh. <sense. laughs>
0: I mean, Bonnie's taking away sexiest. I don't want to give away, <laughs> give away everything. Do you
3: find Island sexy? No, oh, at her. <laughs> She's the size
2: of three of them.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, how about uh, you want to go to best dressed, worst dressed? or do we
2: oh that w- the woman from the the UFO one with the half a waistcoat. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah that's the worst
4: dress, Definitely that, really worst dress. that dress oh, I
2: didn't know me. what was happening you guys I, I really
0: had to stand firm behind my boy Ray
4: <laughs> in
0: his uh his, his suit <laughs> next to the sports car oh,
2: best for dressed. best dress yeah yeah yeah, yeah, he did look pretty snappy. Oh, what
4: Yeah, because we can't give it to Robert Stack, right? Because yeah, he's there every no. week.
3: Unfortunately, I mean, he oh, yeah. dresses. Um, well, we you now if we had to work for Best Mutton Chops... Um, <laughs> oh,
4: <James,
3: yeah. laughs> oh, James. I
0: think definitely from now on, on Intro Mysteries, we really should just do a uh, Best Mutton Chop award. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that would fit right in.
3: Definitely.
2: Well, definitely like, best, best, best Mullet Award. because I mean,
3: <laughs> Yeah. Best worst Facial Hair could be a category, because manzies. Yeah. as a person that's watching many hours of Unsolved Mysteries, I can tell you, there are some.
1: Mustaches out
0: there. Alright, um so alright, how about uh can we just do a a quick who won who lost then?
2: I think Bonnie won. Bonnie did win. Yeah, Yeah. I mean today
4: are reaching out to her. Today, like in the real world are reaching out to her. You
2: know who
0: lost?
1: Lisa (laughs) Lisa (laughs) Lisa (laughs) Crazy
0: Oh, Lisa. Lazy bitch.
3: I mean, to Tell look Lisa. at her, she's so fat. How can they not find her? I mean, let, listen, just, just, it's,
4: she was so messed up. She was so messed up.
3: <laughs> that woman ruined your life, and I'm so glad. <laughs> That's the price you get for being terrible at your job. <laughs> I hope she. Well, she was not going to steal your identity. Nobody wants your identity, Lisa. <laughs> yeah.
0: But you can find her on Facebook if you want to. <laughs> Shatter up. chatter up. Um, okay, so let's, uh, before we uh, close up uh, another Unsolved Mysteries uh, podcast, why don't we uh, get into updates from our listeners. Um, do we want to hear from John first? Sure. sure. So this is from John. One. Everybody
3: knows the men in black are not
0: real. At least that's
3: what we're supposed to tell the people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, John is a cop. We have to believe what he says.
3: <laughs> Two. It is a police fact that you cannot easily find somebody that is 300 pounds. (laughs) Hashtag, big big cities for big people. (laughs) Hashtag, Lisa Lisa Penza is a bitch.
2: Yep, okay.
3: Three, Cooper loved the ghost at the inn and wants to stay there overnight. I yelled at him because he obviously does not know how much vacations cost.
1: <laughs> oh, oh Cooper.
3: Four, I have, looked, I have looked for the Dutch Schultz treasure tree. It doesn't exist. Well, it does, but I don't want anybody else looking for my damn treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Five. I once arrested oh, a man Schultz's that called over th-
2: that empire.
3: <gasps> Five. I once arrested a man that called himself the Guardian. He did have a video camera and hours of tapes we had to go through. I won't go into detail, but let's just say
1: uh,
3: there were angel costumes involved. <laughs> uh, six. Congratulations to Unsolved mysteries for solving two hundred episodes, and you guys for bringing those stories back to life.
1: Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you.
3: Heroes seven. So Tim, so Tim Mulner, a grown adult, decides to finally leave his family's home and go off on his own, and they think a fifty thousand 000- dollar. <laughs> Air will will bring him back. I think there's a lot more to the story than Unsolved Mysteries is telling us about. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, eight. I have to be honest. That arson story was the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't so much have a fear of fire, so much as a fear of teenagers being creepy. Also, I'm pretty sure that you can use a pestle for grinding herbs for food, and not just satanic rituals. Hashtag no.
1: <laughs> <do. laughs>
2: <laughs> i really oh, enjoyed this set the set of Simpsons. mysteries
3: i like watching to see if i can solve the crimes any better than the police that are covering these mysteries see you next week john <laughs>
2: thanks yay thanks john
0: we know you could totally solve all these <laughs> mysteries john the fbi just bungled them <laughs> <laughs> up next we have a uh voicemail from michael david hello intro to Trees. my feedback for general wayne's in's ghost i think these people are crazy there is no ghost There are no such thing as ghosts. The bartender has obviously hooked up some sort of elaborate air filtration system to blow on ladies' necks and also can adjust the picture on his TV set. I did appreciate seeing the mustache man in the afterlife, or at least just his head. Another breakfast ruined. Go to hell, intro to Mysteries. Wow. Whoa,
2: harsh, ah, Michael. Jeez, Michael. What's Thanks. that all about?
0: Also, I think he has a cold.
2: <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I hope you feel better, Michael.
0: Yeah, get, get well.
2: Also, um, Michael, if you uh, if you want to go and get some fresh air to uh, clear your head, if you're not feeling very well, you can always take a little walk down uh, near a certain riverbank that's near you and uh, look for what? Dutch Schultz's treasure. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, our next voicemail is from Steph
3: stuff um, this episode on soul mysteries this is one of those episodes where you watch it and you and you realize it's 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 one of those and it's just like this, this is what television is and and it's moments and like you realize that like there's mysteries and it's one of those mysteries, and there's, I just, it's a really good episode, y'all. It's a really good episode. Um, also, I think that guy that um that was playing the police officer in that one, I think that's um I think that's Bill's dad from Once Upon a Teen Vampire New Class. Um, so I think that was him, and so he's really good. So I love that show. Um, also, just I want to say, um, I wonder, I wonder if they ever found that treasure, because he could still be in there. Oh y'all, y'all, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. Oh uh, my, my dog, my dog is is, is eating my Once Upon a Teen Vampire, the new class signed DVD box set. Oh great,
2: that's a terrible place for
4: it. I gotta go,
2: I gotta go. Thanks, Dad.
4: <laughs> oh, I, I hope know, your I box hope... it's okay. Exactly. Very are wow.
2: Seriously. <laughs> mm. How are you gonna do your intro cast without that?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, our next email or voicemail is from Matt and Mel. Greetings from Canada, eh? This is Matt and Mel. Bonjour, introduction au mystère So, men in black Hommes en noir What's that about? Quel est ce sûr? Now, UFOs in Canada? C'est stupide We know Diane Lappent Nous savons que Diane, imbécile, la beneque. She's a few timbits short of a craft dinner. Know what I mean? Je déteste la bénèque, Diane. I wonder who Guardian is, eh? Je suis gardien et je vais vous enlever de votre sommeil. What are you talking about? Je suis gardien et je vais vous sonder jusqu'à ce que vos yeux saines. I have no idea what she's saying.
3: Ne pas tomber, rendormi trou du coup. Je vais vous nourrir, Seigneur Kimbot. Anyway, later,
0: hosers. Revoir introduction à mystère. Je vais vous raviser bientôt. I've still got no idea.
2: <laughs> Thanks guys.
0: Wow guys, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> we appreciate the feedback though, even though. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Whew. Oh, we had a late submission, uh, just under the wire. Uh, let's get this in before the end of the show.
1: Guess what? I'm back, jerks.
0: (laughs) Listen to me, intro to mysteries. This is what I've been doing on my week's vacation. Recording podcast feedback. (laughs) I said I'd do it. I said I'll do it. You see what I can do? This is hell. I call it home. My hell! Your whole podcast is full of darkness and smoke. This is the fire that I will destroy and burn your souls up.
1: Ancient spirit
0: of evil, look at the flames. Listen to the
2: coyotes
1: yell. Listen to them. Good night,
2: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
4: turn this damn thing off oh there it is wow. well, that was super creepy
2: <laughs> I think we need to send that to Unsolved Mysteries right away yeah
4: or to Omar, oh, no, Omar. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Omar's been missing that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> Omar well that's it everybody uh, <laughs> uh,
2: anything else guys no, I can't wait to see what we're covering next week
0: yeah. well you can find us at intro to <laughs> Our email is uh, mail. It doesn't exist.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet us at uh, stack lovers.
1: <laughs> on Twitter. Please don't
0: yeah. get confused with the other stack lovers website. It's it really weird. <laughs> Join us next time. Perhaps you hold the key. Perhaps you could help us solve a mystery. All
4: of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro
0: to do Join the Facebook group at facebook.com
3: slash groups slash
0: intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler.
2: Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line.
0: If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at supersecretspoiler at intro dot com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet intro dot xcom and you can tweet me at twitter.com slash Robinero. also check out Redemption Cast an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel you can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com you can find me on twitter at twitter.com
2: slash myafire
0: you can find me on twitter at twitter.com slash
4: Yip. you can also find me on i'llwatchthatmovie.com where I am a newbie going through movies from the 80s 90s and then we'll see what happens from there and on a belly dance podcast called Yip podcast.
3: you guys can catch me on the Ramjack podcast and also on the Twin Peaks podcast.
2: what mystifies me about this is how she was able to do it so cleanly and never be found again. I mean she must be 300 pounds. you know someone like that just doesn't get lost in a crowd even in a big city and this is a big city. You still don't get lost in a crowd when you are enormous. Oh, mama, I'm in
1: fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawmen is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, Mama, I can hear you a-crying, you're so scared and all alone. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long.